the first message of the new year is entitled, Who Am I? I don't know that we can properly serve God if we don't know who we are. I want to go to the story of Gideon, but let's go on chapter 6 and verse 1. Let's read the beginning of this. And you know, this is during the time of the judges. And at this time, there, there is no king. This is long before David. But every once in a while, God would raise up not a king, but a judge who would, who would uh, rescue Israel. So this is one of those times. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Did you know if you don't live right, God will let you do what you want to do anyway? He could get you into trouble. He could deliver you into the hands of the Midianites. I don't want to be in their hands. And the hand of Midian, hand always means power and authority, prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and strongholds which are in the mountains. You know, it's hard to live in mountains. You need to be in the plains where you can plant and sow, right? So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also those famous Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza. How many know we're still dealing with Gaza? That's the land of the Philistines, by the way. Well, I could talk about that. And leave no sustenance, sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Why is it we only pray when we're in trouble? Especially when we caused it. Oh, it's quiet in the house, quiet in the house. Point number one. No peace, no promise. You have to be living at peace to receive the promise. What God is saying is, Sometimes what we're going through is our own fault. The warfare we're in, the fighting we're in, the struggles we're in. Not all the time. Obviously, the enemy will just attack. But sometimes it's because we do not have peace with God. Something has disconnected us. How many know sin disconnects? And if we don't have peace with God, we tend to not have peace with anybody. Oh, Lord, you know this is going to go hard on some of you. We need to seek peace with God before we'll ever have peace with anybody 
or anything. Peace is better. (laughs) One man said, it's better to have peace than speak in tongues. I've known a lot of people who speak in tongues on Sunday and speak in gossip language on Monday. I know people who speak in tongues on Sunday and cuss out their neighbor on Monday. Present company excluded. We all got quiet on that. Don't be looking around. No, we need peace with God before we're going to have peace with anybody else. Sometimes... Sometimes you can measure how spiritual you are just by how well you get along with people. This is going to be a hard message. And see, if you don't get along with people, it's always their fault. Right? I mean, you don't ever get up in the morning and say, oh, I'm a terrible person. No. You get up in the morning and talk about how terrible those people are. And all the conflicts and all the problems, all these people are giving me such a hard time. And maybe it's because you don't really have peace with God. Maybe you're not quite right with God. You can't, listen, you can't, you can't, you can't share space with trouble and conflict. Let me put it, you can't share your life with Ishmael, Isaac. Isaac and Ishmael never could get along. There's always going to be conflict as long as they're in the same house. And finally, Abraham said, Ishmael's got to go. Ishmael's got to go. I've got a word for some of you. Ishmael needs to go. I got a word for some of you. There are some things in your life that need to change. There are things in your life that need to go. Notice I th- spouses are looking at each other. I'm not encouraging divorce today. <laughs> Usually it's not really a person. It's a thing. It's an attitude. It's, 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 a, it's a behavior that needs to change. You don't always need to. Uh, now, sometimes there are people, not your spouse, that you need to get rid of. But if you're married, that's for life. You need to learn how to change behavior. But listen, you got to get rid of Ishmael. There are things in your life that sometimes need to change so you'll have peace with God, and then you'll have peace in your life. Give God praise if you hear what I'm saying. You can't share space with Ishmael. He's got to go. Ah. Listen, you can't operate out of other people's storms. You can't let their storms be part of your life. You can be there to help. You could be there for prayer. You could be there for counseling. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, listen, you can't attach yourself to other people's storms and expect to have peace in your life. Help them, but don't walk with them. Their storm is not your storm. Don't let their storm become your storm. Be there for them, but don't be with them in their storm. Ishmael has to go. Say it with me. Ishmael has to go. One man said this, peace is actually an expression of your faith. 
How much you walk in peace is an expression of how deep your faith is and your relationship with God. I, I know some people are what we call drama people. How many know a drama person? There's always someone who, and, uh, and the reason is they grew up with drama, it's all they know, and they think the way to get love and attention is to act out and, and to create drama, and that draws attention, and they think that's what they need. It's the only way for them to get attention, so they, they act out, and they, they're, they're drama people, but listen... You don't have to play that game. You don't have to run with that crowd. You need to let them know your drama is not my drama. And Ishmael needs to go. I'm not saying always abandon people. It's not just, it's not really about the people. It's about the behavior. It's about, you know, and the behavior needs to change. There are things that can be healed. And if you'll seek peace with God, it'll flow over into relationships. And your peace will become their peace, and things will become better. Amen. But uh, sometimes it's a last resort. You need to, sometimes you have to physically let Ishmael go and say, you won't change, so I think we got to go separate ways. Are we okay? Judges chapter 6, let's go now to verse 8. That the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. I brought you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. If you're saved, God pushed some devils out of your life. And gave you the land that they were. Take the word land, amen, because we don't, we don't relate to God giving us land so much. But take out the word land and put in the word promise. God booted some devils out of your land to make room for the promise that he promised you. How many got some promises? Some of you got promises that you haven't seen fulfilled yet. That's because demons are occupying your land and your promise. In Jesus' name, I drove them out and gave you their land. I think that's why they hate the Jews today. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not Fear the gods, little g, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. I I like Psalms 34. Uh, So many good things. That's where that famous verse, one of my favorite verses, oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. That's one of the first scriptures that got in my head. Oh, I took that. Amen. You can put that on my tombstone. Amen. Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Go down to verse 14. Watch this. Depart from evil and do good. Depart from evil and treat each other right. 
Seek peace and pursue it. There it is. There it is. Go home. The eyes of the Lord are on the, and his ears are open to their cry. So point two, watch this. Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press out of fear. Now you need to understand a threshing floor for wheat and a wine press for grapes operate on the same principle but have very different functions. They function differently. A threshing floor would be like this whole platform right here. Hard ground, maybe a stone. Really hard ground. And they would, they would get a, uh, an ox with one of those big wheels and they would just go in circles and they would crush the wheat. And they would take a pitchfork and throw it in the air and the wind, hello Holy Spirit, the wind, they would throw it up in the air. Pitchforks aren't all bad. I don't know why the devil's got one but here. So you throw it in the air and the wind will blow out the lighter shaft. Amen. I said it's lighter, useless, and the wind blows that out, and then the wheat just drops to the ground, and you just shovel that up, and you've got, you got you some bread. Mm, glory to God. But you need a pretty big area for that. A wine press is really a lot smaller. How many remember Lucille Ball? <laughs> TV land, there you go. But that's just a little vat. You pour the grapes in and you take your shoes off and you stomp in it. And I can't believe people will drink that after that. I... So they would stomp the grapes and there'd be a little, little, little tube down at the bottom, a little faucet, and that, that juice would just come running out. But either way, it's all about the crushing. But it's different, different facilities. It's hard, it is hard to produce wheat in a wine press. It's hard for the wind to get to it. It's a very small area, very restricted area, but that's what Gideon did out of fear. I have a word for some of you. Fear is causing you to miss your destiny. Fear is causing you to miss the calling of God on your life. Fear is causing you to not be productive. You're producing some, but you're in a wine press when you should be in a wide open threshing field. In other words, he's living defensively instead of offensively. He's living in such a way that he's protecting, you know, what he has instead of getting out there and doing what God has called him to do. Some of us live defensively. We're just hanging on and hoping we don't lose something, and, and we're just always defending things instead of going on the offensive. The Bible said the gates of hell will not prevail and we have interpreted that, that that means, that means the devil's attacking. No, 
I've never seen a gate attack anybody. The gates aren't attacking. The gates are keeping you from doing and getting what, you, what, what belongs to you. That scripture says the gates of hell will not prevail. You can kick open the gates of hell and go into hell and take what the devil has stolen from you. Amen. Fear, fear. And here's another thing. He's, if you're doing it in the, in the wine press, you're using feet power. If you go into the, into the threshing floor, you're using wind power. There's too many churches depending on foot power instead of wind power. They're relying on their strategies and on their, on their budgets and on their trickery and how they can manipulate people and their programs instead of the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to get things done by the power of the Holy Ghost, not by how cute I am. Verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Ophrah, not Oprah. You know she got her name because they misspelled the Bible thing. Which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, Ab- that guy. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. I guess I should have read that first before I hollered at you. Okay, next point. Fear will make you abandon your solution. Fear will cause you to abandon, wow, your solution. A lack of peace because of fear perverts your judgment, distorts your judgment. You need to face your fears or, re, or you will repeat them over. You say, why does this keep coming? Because you never defeated it. You skirted it. You buried it. You acted defensively. You, 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 held, you put walls up against it, but you never defeated the fear. So you're still not living at peace. Fear will make you abandon your solution. Gideon says, who am I? Who am I? God, you're talking to the wrong person. My tri- I come from the smallest tribe, and my family is the smallest family in the tribe. And by the way, I'm not a firstborn either. I'm at the bottom of the barrel, but isn't it interesting how God will talk to shepherds before he talks to kings? Hello, Christmas. Amen. Fear will make you abandon your solution. Verse 23 and 24. Then the Lord said to him, peace. Say peace. Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. You know, it's scary when God calls you to do something that's so risky you could lose your life. But he said, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah, 
of the Abba, Abs, uh, Ab, uh, those people. Amen. He called him. This is the first time we see Je- Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Listen, I have a solution to your fears. It's an altar. Worship drives out fear. An altar is where you come to die. Die to fear. The altars are open every Sunday. We can face the fear. You don't have to face it alone. You face it at the altar. You leave it at the altar. Some of you bring it to the altar, but put it in your back pocket and take it home. You have to leave it at the altar. He made an altar, and he called the altar Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And if I can get right with God, my fears will be gone. And my calling will be effective, and I'll be able to do what God has called me to do. Give God a praise if you hear what I'm saying. But what you need to understand is you are not a grasshopper. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Verse 14 through 16 I'm jumping around a little bit, but there's a reason. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of, wow, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And here's why. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So how is this even possible? And the Lord said to him, surely. That's not his name. That's surely. Surely I will be with you. I will be with you. It's your battle, your calling. You're the general, but I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. One punch, boom, you're done, you got it. You got this, Gideon. And I guess my message to you today is you got this, Journey Life Center. What do I mean by you're not a grasshopper? Remember when they sent out the spies into the, into the promised land and they came back and it said, there's giants in the land and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. I felt like a grasshopper, right? I felt so little, so ineffective, so unable to, to move, unable to do anything. I, I, felt like, I felt as little as a grasshopper that can be just stomped on. But that's your perception, not God's. And that's a misconception. It is not God's conception. You are not a grasshopper. By the way, they took the land. They defeated the giants. Glory. God, praise God. And they kept defeating the giants. There were still giants around when David was a lad. Remember he took five smooth stones? It only took one. 
to knock Goliath down. And people have asked through the years, well, why did he have five stones? Was, was he afraid he was going to miss? No. We find out later that Goliath had four brothers. <laughs> how, many, how many are ready for all the brothers? Amen. Come on. Glory to God. How many are still with me? Next point. I'm just going to throw points at you. I hope you're getting this. Your anointing is based on your warfare. It's not based on your skills or abilities. It's based on your warfare. It's based on what God knows you're going to be attacked with. That's the anointing he gives you. I'm always tickled by these people. A lot of times they're young and dumb, okay? Young and dumb preachers who hang out with older guys waiting for them to die so they can get their anointing. Their mantle, you know. But I have a word for you. First of all, I'm not sure it quite works like that. I know Elijah, Elisha. I know fathers, sons. I understand all that. But I want to warn you, you can't have another man's anointing without his demons. He fought demons to get that anointing, and you're not going to get it for free. (laughs) You have to be willing to walk the path that he walks. There's a price for the anointing, but the anointing will always be equal to the war that you have to fight. He will always equip you to win. Not just defend yourself. He will equip you to... My God, there's, you, there are so many nuggets in this message, I should charge you again. Ushers, come back. Amen. The anointing he gives you is not so you can feel good and woo. The anointing is the covering you need. So that the power of God will be evident in your life. Amen. Great anointings defeat great demons. Great anointings bring great victory. Hallelujah. Are you willing to pay the price? And if you are, I promise you the victory will come. Give him praise if you know what I'm saying. Woo! Hallelujah. i got to hurry up. How many are still here? 90%. He will never call you to do what you can do without him. But we're always surprised when God calls us to do something. When God says, here's what I want you to do. And you're like, hello, Gideon. What? Me? I'm the least. I'm in the smallest tribe. I'm in, oh, I can, I'm just a farmer. I'm not a warrior. I, I can't do this. I, I'm just good at threshing wheat and wine presses. <laughs> That's all I'm good for. Why would you call me? But God, but God never calls you to do things you could do without him. What's, why would he do that? If God calls you to do something, know this. You can't do it in your own power. 
But don't let that stop you because you've got his power and he would never call you to do it if he didn't give you the anointing and the power to do it. Praise him, church in the house. Take that fear. I wish I had a better left hook. I got to hurry. Number, next point. Go in the strength you have because he has sent you. He says, go in the, just go in the strength you have. Don't ever say, I'm not strong enough. Don't ever say, I don't have the ability. It's not a, and it's really not even about him giving you something you don't have. It's about him wow, leveraging what you already have. Come on. Y'all know what a lever is? And, and, and God simply, he's telling Gideon, just whatever you got, Farmer Jones, whatever you have, just go in that and it will be enough. I'll make sure it's enough. Go in the strength you have. Didn't we read it? Why? Because I sent you. You go in the name of the Lord. There's a difference between me going into the mayor's office and tell, trying to tell the mayor what to do and me going into the mayor's office with a letter from the governor telling the mayor what to do. How many know that letter? Same person, same, same person, but that letter, that word, that word says, this is from the governor. You need to put the devil on notice. This calling is from God. This word is from the Lord. This is God's doing. Get your hands off of me, and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You will have the victory because he has sent you. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Praise God. Two more points. How many believe I could preach it in two minutes? Oh, lack of faith in the house. See what I've been battling against? You see what? Second to the last point, he will be with you. Already preached that. You got that. Ten seconds. Last point. Let's go to Judges. Uh, chapter 6, verse 12 and verse 16. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. What? Farmer Jones? Farmer Gideon? Never fought a battle in his life. Never put a uniform on. Never went to boot camp. <laughs> He's no soldier. You mighty man of valor. You soldier of the king. What a, what a word that is. What a word that is. That's, that's not who I thought I was. I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah.